We're going to start this podcast out with saying rest in peace to the queen, Aretha Franklin. The queen of soul, Miss Aretha Franklin. You will be missed. The queen of soul. You got to put that up. You got to add that on there because there's a lot of people who really don't know who Aretha Franklin is, including Fox News. Right. And that was a travesty. For those who don't know, Aretha Franklin died last week. God bless her whole family or friends, you know, everybody that she touched in the world because I'm sure she touched a lot of people with her music. And if you don't know, Fox News in posting the story put a side-by-side up. One picture was actually Miss Franklin and the other was Patti LaBelle. Now that's some disrespectful stuff right there. That's some disrespectful (laughs) shit. And I want to start the podcast out by saying, Fox News, fuck y'all, y'all got to do better than that. Part of me believes that that shit was intentional because with all of this technology out here, with everybody having smartphones, it's easy to Google a picture of Aretha Franklin and put the fucking right picture up <laughs> next to her name when you're, you know, telling her to rest in peace. Like, that's just, so that was intentionally done. I mean, and if not, the fact that they don't give a damn to that degree, you know, ain't no better, so... I don't even think it's the you you don't give a damn enough. You Aretha Franklin, everybody with some sense, the people behind Fox News who are you ran by a whole bunch of old people, they know who the fuck Aretha Franklin is. Exactly. And I mean, like you said, but actually, like you said though, they didn't have they didn't care enough to go and do the research, make sure they had the right picture up. So that's just that's disrespectful, and Fox News should be just thrown away as a network. I mean, that in general, but, um, you know, as we're speaking on Miss Franklin, you know, I do actually have a uh, exclusive Aretha Franklin story. And, oh, shit. <laughs> and I want to preface this by saying this is all respect to Miss Franklin. Uh, comes from a very reliable source. Uh, I didn't find out till a few years ago that she actually. Hold on. Pharaoh on his uh, journalist shit, he talking about some. Uh, <laughs> some. <laughs> An exclusive. Oh, oh, sorry. Hold on. Uh, sources are very reliable. Sources and shit. That's all it's about. Credibility. <laughs> so, you know, back in the day, I did not know my Uncle Charles. We called him Uncle Singy. had his own barbershop up there in Dayton. Actually used to exclusively be the Ohio Players' uh, personal barber. I did not know he used to date Miss Franklin back in the day. And, um, you know, my dad happened to be up there. It's actually my great uncle. So um, my grandmother's little brother and uh, my dad used to hang, you know, with them up there. And uh, one day he said, man, uh, there's somebody coming to see me and I don't want you to say nothing when she come through to my father. And he's like, "Okay," you know, but he's like, you know, 18, 19 at this time. And he said a big black limo pulls up in front of the barbershop and Aretha Franklin hops out. Oh, shit. So, you know, my dad is like anybody else. It's, it's Aretha Franklin pulled up and hopped out of the block. So this so this dude is starstruck, That's my gangster. dad. Right, you know. That's gangster. But they said she was down to earth, you know. So my dad is, like, speechless. He said she come up, actually tapped him on the arm. Hey, how you doing, baby? Hey, Chuck. And you, you got to know my uncle, you know, rest in peace. Uh, that was just another woman to him. So, you know, he's sitting there acting like he ain't interested. And uh, he said, you ain't got no time for people like me. And she said, oh, Chuck, stop. I told what you. What was Chuck doing that he had Aretha Franklin? That You know what? You don't have to say. You don't have to <laughs> All I know is uh, he was a jack of all trades. He had the barbershop. He owned a couple racehorses. Uncle Singy was OG back in the day. All right, especially if you own some racehorses. Any nigga that owns some racehorses, they got that check. Especially back then. So we talk about 60s, 70s. So. Who's that nigga on that neck? <laughs> so if, if y'all ever seen Django, that's a quote from Django. I'm not just being silly right now. That just blew my mind, though, that uh, he actually used to talk to her. Over, well, first, hold on. First, let me uh, intro the podcast. Uh, you've been sitting here for five minutes, and if you don't know who we are, we are the Factual Opinions Podcast. I am one half of the host, Kurt Just Chilling. I'm sitting here with my partner, Pharaoh Speaks. Be careful, you might learn something. You, know, you dig, you might learn something. So, yeah, that's that's us. But uh, back to Aretha. 
what I've learned over the past week is that she was really gangster. You just told that story about her her hopping out on the block at the barbershop. You know what I'm saying? For her to hop out on the block, one, that's 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 saying you're gangster. <laughs> For two, to hop out on the block at the barbershop, barbershops is always popping. Always got people in there. So that's just her not giving two. Was she famous already? She, so, yeah, so, she, she pulled up in the yeah, limo. In the limo, so. you're right. So <laughs> her not giving a fuck, that, I, I respect that. R.E. R e s p e c t and pun intended. I respect that. <laughs> she said it in the track. Uh, but I found out back then. You know, a lot of people, even to this day, people been getting dicked over they, over their um, business matters as far as with the these record companies or whatnot. But Aretha was so gangster. She was telling people. She was telling the label like, Nah, y'all y'all paying me up front. Y'all gonna pay me up front. And she was putting her money in her little clutch that she was carrying. And you will see her on stage performing with a clutch on around her arm. And it probably had that bag in it. Pay me up front. I can't believe I just said that bag. I'm, I've been hanging around too many young people. <laughs> when I start calling money the bag. Money bag, yo. Everybody's getting to their <laughs> bag on something nowadays. So, I, you know, I guess I'm just keeping up with the times, trying to stay fresh. So... If you're tuning in for episode three and you haven't heard episode one or two, this is a podcast that is strictly dedicated to music and sports, music lovers, sports lovers. This is what we talk about here. All the latest things that are happening, news related and music, hip hop music. Usually, you know, I might switch it over to country, but this guy probably ain't going to know shit about no damn country. Not country. No, no Blake. I was about to say Blake Griffin. No Blake Shelton's no Mason Ramsey's. Yeah, I mean, you p- but but I don't want it to sound like I'm one dimensional. Because if you go through my library, there's some Barry Manilow, Phil Collins. You know, I'm I'm pretty. Any anybody that know that knows you, if we got followers from the first couple episodes. We all know just from your choice of rap music, <laughs> you are definitely one dimensional. I am not, man. So don't don't front like you you can't be one dimensional. Listen, I am an old school rap fan, but listen, I listen to Frank Sinatra. I'm I'm musically eclectic. Okay, yeah, me too, man. I remember it started probably probably around 2012, you know, 20 yeah, about 2012. I just was like, man, I ain't never took the time to listen to why the fuck white people go crazy over the Beatles or the Rolling Stones and shit. John Lennon was dope. Yeah, so <laughs> you know, I go back and I started listening to their shit, and I was like, okay, these people were talking about the same thing that we talking about over in hip hop. They're just doing it in a, in a different type of way, especially country people. I had a, I got a brand new respect for them just because they talk about the same thing. They ain't talking about the jewelry they got and shit like that. That shit is strictly hip hop. But women, drugs, alcohol, sex—that's what they're talking about. Definitely in rock and roll, you know, and where that originated, but. Yeah, I, good music is good music. I've never put a genre or a category on that. Like, if it's good music, I will listen to it. Yep. Absolutely. So, <clears throat> yeah, let's go. Let's get into this uh, Nicki Minaj. Uh, what, what was I saying before that? No, we could go Nicki Minaj. Well, oh, I was telling the people what, what kind of podcast we were. Yeah. This is sports and music. So if you like sports, come here. If you like music, come here. But we're going to start it off talking about Nicki Minaj because she has just ran the media as far as music over the last week. Starting starting with her releasing her album, Queen. Did you listen to the album at all? Not the whole thing. About how much do you think you got through? I'd probably say I listened about three or four tracks. Okay. For, for whatever reason, I wasn't feeling this like I did previous Nicki projects. Okay. I um I listened to about three-fourths of it. I still have to listen to some of the songs at the end, but from what I heard, I liked. I enjoyed. I was expecting it to be straight garbage, to be honest, you know, especially with the high expectations coming from what Cardi did with her album. Right. You know, I, I didn't think that Nicki Minaj could come and match that. But in her own way, I think she kind of, you know, that, listening to her album uh, reminded me that there's a lane for both of them. 
you know, they can both make good music, and you really don't even have to compare it. You know, Nicki shit is good. Cardi shit is good. You know, I especially thought you would have liked the song Barbie Dreams. You you know, you, you heard that? Yeah, I heard it. I was like, she makes a little biggie with a little 50 in there. You know, that's a nice New York vibe track, paying a little respect to the elders. Yeah, so I, I enjoyed that song highly. But I overall, I thought it was a good album. I mean, it's not bad. I just, you know, I wonder at times how much Wayne is still involved with, you know, her projects and, and what's going on at Young Money because I, I kind of see that as the difference even on some of Drizzy's stuff. I don't know that he's as involved as he used to to be in, a, in their music. You mean as far as him, like, helping them with their content? Yeah, that and just, you know, being around there. Is he off skateboarding somewhere? But people often look to Safari when it comes to, to, to Nicki, <laughs> you, you know what I'm saying? And that's one of the big major things that happened over this past week. <laughs> Nikki and Safari have a long history. You text me and said you didn't even know they had a prior relationship. I didn't. Yeah, and I was surprised. Like, how do you even know who Safari is? I know him from the Love and Hip Hop uh, VH1 specials. So he was just a funny dude to to me that uh you know out there clowning with Ray J and and the rest of them. Yeah, well, Safari's been around for a long time. I didn't know who he was before until they broke up, actually. And uh, I was hearing about all uh, a bunch of the corny shit that he was doing, and I looked at Safari for a long time as a straight sucker, straight cornball. But over the past year or so, I kind of like the way he's been moving. He's he been moving a little bit different. I think him breaking up with Nicki Minaj was actually a, you know, a turn up for him. But they get they get, they get into this huge Twitter war. Uh, did you see any of that? I saw all of that. Joey got me up to speed on on that. Okay, so you watch the Joe Button podcast. Yeah. He went in on Nicki a little bit, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, but. I kind of felt him because at least on Twitter, if th- this was a battle, I think Safari won that battle because I think he was genuine with everything that he was doing or and, and saying. You know, it didn't seem like it came from a place of malice. It seemed like, you know, I kind of still, I care about you and I want to let you know you out here looking looking a little off. Like something, something, something ain't right with you, you know, and he just put it out there. And the thing about I, that I noticed when I went to Nicki Minaj's Twitter and was trying to, you know, follow her her version inside of it. I mean, she had a few comments here and there, but the thing that I noticed the most was, I don't know how familiar you are, you are with Twitter, but she was just retweeting a bunch of her fans. Yeah. You know, you know, retweet, a, a fan would say something, oh, I'm glad you stick enough for yourself, and she retweeted, or F Safari, fuck that, you know, and she retweeted. Letting them kind of speak yeah. for her. And I'm like, to me, that's that reeks of somebody who's insecure and – they're seeking validation through the internet, you know. I know a few people like that. You know, they they, they <laughs> well, like they like to get on them amen corners on social media mm-hmm. and stuff. Yeah, so I noticed that, and I was I just was like I, and some of the just the, the way she was moving, like, what are you so bitter for? You got a good album out, just fall back. You got uh, one of the things that he said. I think uh, one of them on the, on the Joe Button podcast said it too, but it, it makes all the sense in the world. Like you are a, your superstar level was up top. Like you up here, you could be up there with the Beyonces or whatnot, but you don't act like a superstar. You act like a teenager. Yeah, but my question is, did the brother really use one of Nikki's cards to pay for an escort? Because <laughs> I mean, that's flat out disrespectful and kind of takes away any credibility he may have in, in the situation. For one, that's a good question. I want to know that too, but that's something that can be proven <laughs> as far as his word against hers. You know, if, if there are no no receipts, it's his word versus hers. But, I mean, if he was, so? With her card, man? Yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of. <laughs> I mean, if if y'all was together anyway, okay, th- there's a problem necessarily with that part of it. I didn't know you could order hookers on a fucking cart in the fucking first place. Like, Man, really? With all these apps and stuff that's out now? 
I mean, but why would you want to pay for some pussy electronically? Like, wouldn't you want to just throw throw it? May, it I, I think I would feel better just throwing a hundred dollars down on the table versus sending it through Cash App. Like to me, that's just <laughs> no. <laughs> well, and if you a celebrity like him to have you know the receipts and stuff out there, you know you don't want no paper trail. Or particularly if you're in a relationship like he was supposed to be with, with Nikki, why set yourself up like that? Right. Hey. Yeah. Why leave that paper trail? But, you know, so that that popped off on Twitter. You know, and they really didn't have to. She could have ignored her everything, or she didn't have to say anything. And it it's, it came from actually. Did you did you watch the Nicki Minaj Ebro interview? Um. No, I saw her on uh, with Flex. I mean, not I, that's what I'm. That's what I meant. Flex. Not yeah, I saw the Flex interview. You saw the whole thing. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's that's where it all stemmed from. You saw how he, you know, how she got when he she brought up Safari. Like she started getting heated, and part of the interview kind of helped me understand her a little bit more. But at the same time, it's like, yo, you gotta relax. Like you, you, you really hurting. You making it bad for the celebrity chicks that want to date regular guys. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, it's not all it's cracked up to be. If this is what you got to deal with, I understand why Safari, why Safari left. I understand why Nick probably ain't running to go back. Right. But, you know, c- coming from somebody who, who got out of a relationship that, uh, you know, you didn't respond to, you know, verbal jabs and stuff, I, I understand what, you know, she was saying with that. She said, you know, I sat back you know, long enough and, you know, the truth is going to come out. But I don't see what you really gain by that besides making yourself look messy, like you said, mm-hmm. and bringing yourself down to a level you don't need to be in. But I just – I do understand from the standpoint of, hey, look, you're not going to keep lying if that's her truth, you know. Right. So, um, you know, that also came from DJ Self, too. She was basically being salty because he thought Cardi's album was was better than hers. Like, and wouldn't give him a hug or do a drop. Yeah, like I mean, she 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 has a right to say no to that stuff, but at the same time, you making a big deal out of it. You taking <laughs> it to Twitter and all this other shit, or talking about it in these inter- like it's it's really not that. Why? It was funny to me because while I was catching up on it on on Joey's. Joe Budden's podcast. He was actually doing Nikki's voice while while he's reading yeah, these he's tweets. Super gay sometimes. And the, so that's what made it funny because I can picture Nikki being all upset and making them crazy faces. Being all catty, all yeah, faces. yeah. <laughs> Changing her voice and shit. That's funny. So then, what happened next with Nikki? I feel like something else happened. That happened with Flex. I was actually she's supposed to call Joe Button. And be on his podcast this week. That's what she said on Twitter yesterday. Mm. So I don't. I feel like I'm skipping something though. Something happened between then and yesterday. We're recording this on a Monday, by the way. Um, I can't remember. So I'm gonna just get into what she did on Twitter yesterday. Have you heard about any of this with Travis I have, Scott? I haven't heard about the Travis Scott stuff. Okay, so. The numbers for, you know, the number one, you know, the, for the album sales come out on a Sunday. They came out yesterday. Nicki Minaj, Barb, or I said Barbie Queen, came in at number two behind Travis Scott's Astro World. I think either Friday or Saturday, Kylie Jenner, you know Travis Scott and Kylie. Right. Okay. You, Kylie Jenner posts something about his tour on her Instagram. You know Kylie Jenner is like, Oprah to to that generation. Like she <laughs> for real. Like people the millennials, that's who the 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 women think that's what they're looking up to. Kylie Jenner. So she's more popular than, than Kim. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It, that sounds crazy to say, right? Yeah. Kim is more for like our our, our generation. Our generation. Yeah. <laughs> but Kylie is the new generation and she's already already passed her up, so Nicki Minaj pretty much went on a Twitter rant talking about she would have been number one if Kylie Jenner didn't post. Because she said something about me and my baby are going to be at the tour. I think her baby's name is, I can't remember, Stormy, maybe. And uh, 
she said that that's basically the reason why Travis Scott's Astro World went went over her. She was like, "I'm the real number one," because I don't have Kylie Jenner to back me. Like she did that right before the you know the the, the day that the numbers dropped, really. But is it the majority of even Nikki's fan base still from our generation though? Like, that's mm-hmm. why I don't understand making excuses in that regard. But okay, Nikki, the Nick, the thing, the, the thing that separates Nikki is she has a pop following as well. You know that's why her numbers look, always look the way that she do. It ain't our, it ain't us, right? Supporting that, but Kylie Jenner is touching everybody, <laughs> right? And when you got her behind you, yeah. So how you feel about that? You think she has a right to be better, or should she just keep living her fucking life and accept her number two? She should role? just keep living because, like you said, Nikki is Nikki, and she. Has her own lane. She is, you know, already established herself as, I'd say, one of the more important, you know, female hip hop artists of, you know, the past twenty five years or so. Now, I mean, we, we, me and you, actually speaking, have debated, you know, the relevance of certain female artists or whether people think she passed Lil Kim or all of that. But, but Nicki really making excuses. It kind of just makes her seem a little cornball to me like you and Nicki Minaj like you need to get back to being you know Nicki I don't know if you're feeling the pressure of Cardi coming at you you know exactly what it is <laughs> and and then uh, the stuff with Safari obviously doesn't you know help and and then what was rumored by Safari and not just Safari other people close to Nicki on what might also be you know causing some of this I don't know if you want to speak on that man it's just like it's just almost like Nikki really don't know how big she is. Like, I just don't understand. I can't put it together, honestly. I think the same thing that made Nikki dope is the same thing that makes her wig out in some of these situations. She has so many different personalities, mm. which all comes into play even in some of her raps. Mm. The way she talked about coming up, she had imaginary friends and stuff that she talked to, like, Nikki, you know, she gets in her own little space to get in her vibe. And I think when that starts bleeding over into real life, too, maybe that's, you know, part of the problem, too. I think you're good at breaking people down and how they are and how they think. Because <laughs> I, I ain't even, that's a really a good point. She could really have multiple personalities. And I think about the time where she was opening up those gifts and she just turned into the girl from The Exorcist. Like, yeah. <laughs> I don't even want to just screaming and shit, making right. weird ass noises. Like you ain't never seen. Like, come on, you're you're acting like this is stuff that you that's not obtainable for you. You know, if this right. was a poor person on the street who can't afford a Michael Kors bag, a Louis bag, or something like that, and they act crazy, they go crazy. Like, ah, I start screaming and shit. Yeah, but you, what, what's the point, really? It, it don't something. I think something, somebody in her corner needs to. You know, step up because she ain't really moving the way she needs to be moving out here. You know, yeah, she could be gaining fans, but I think she's losing more than she's gaining right now. I mean, it's it's kind of like athletes and entertainers and stuff. I think sometimes you get to the point where even they start drinking a little bit of their own Kool Aid, and uh, you know, it kind of bleeds over into you know real life. Okay, so. It's been a slow week on music. So is there anything else that just crosses your mind that you want to talk about? Absolutely. Let's get into it. Free Bobby Smurda. <laughs> <laughs> GS9. Hey, so you're going to be saying free Takashi when he get locked up? Probably not. Man, he's such a troll, man. I mean, <laughs> he, um, he know he was about to go to jail. Or you know that's at least what was coming out in the media. So he went on the inter- he went on his Instagram and started. Uh, he had like a bar of soap, and he was just like tossing it between each hand. I saw like that, drop it. but I didn't know what was going on. I didn't have my sound up at the time. I'm like, what is he doing? Yeah, that, that, that's what that was because you know that story that came out. So he was like, shit, he was practicing not dropping the soap. Uh, I was like, this little nigga is hilarious. I just want him to live past twenty five. That's that's what I want for Takashi. I want him to make some better music. He got some cuts, but he need to 
Got that VVD. Oh, Kodak Black got released from jail. That's major. Gotta throw a Kodak Black. He was the one that hopped on the track with uh Frenchie that uh that locked y'all, right? Uh I'm not sure what song that is. You know, I had to shot Frenchie out, bad boy. But yeah. Boo! It's always going to be an opportunity to big up bad boy. If y'all don't know and y'all haven't followed the previous episodes, I find a way to work them into every conversation because I am the world's biggest bad boy records fan. So, Yeah, I'm more the death row kind of guy. I listen to both. Some people think that's a contradiction, but they weren't always enemies. And if you just keep it about the music, Still, my two favorite. Have you do you have you listened to Kodak Black at all, or he or is he one yeah. of the younger guys that you would never pay attention to? No, I actually had listened to a few different tracks of his, and the way I started was I was actually researching and looking at a potential recruit for Ohio State a few years ago, and um, his highlight tape had some Kodak Black playing in the back, mm. and I I don't even remember the song, but it was dope, so I kept scrolling through the comments underneath the video trying to see if somebody mentioned it, and they did, and I'm like, yo, this dude is dope, you know, and I think uh, P was messing with him, uh, too, on like a, a mentor-type role. Yeah, but he, uh, I remember, because they were like supposed to be doing something together, but he kind of burned a bridge with P. Did you, do, you know the whole yeah, story? Yeah, because I heard P speaking on that. Okay, yeah, yeah, so... But Kodak, his music is when you listen to it, when you break it down, it's kind of it's it's real soulful, and he ain't as dumb as he portrays himself or as he looks, cause he definitely looked dumb than a motherfucker. <laughs> like we're not even about to argue about that. But nah, he got some he got some shit. He got some verses that I don't have to play back. Like what? Like I mean, not to put him up there, but you will hear some of your favorite rappers. You know, saying the same shit, and sometimes people be so biased to people. I'll be like, okay, what if Jay Z just said that exact same verse? And then you hear about people that have wrote for verses, like you hear Jay Z wrote the verse on the uh, song with Dr. Dre and Snoop. You'd be like, oh, that's why that shit was live then. You know what? Like, and I had to remove that bias too because years ago, back when we was still at Schroeder High School, uh, cat we went to school with, Will Johnson. Shout him out on here. Um, varsity coach for Schroeder Jaguars. Nigga. This dude was rapping. I think it was Nelly. Yeah, it was Nelly. And he had a little. He was a Nelly nigga. I remember Nelly. He, he had a little punchline uh, bar that he was uh, rapping to Nelly. And he said, I should move to Bel Air the way I fill up banks. Mm-hmm. And I said, ooh, who is that? And he said, Nelly. And I was like, ah. And he was like, see, there you go. He was like, now, if Snoop or somebody else said that, you would have been on it. So I had to start checking myself on that. Yeah, that's a fact. You can't be <laughs> you can't be biased just because of who it is. So that's how I feel people are. And Kodak is one that I had to learn not to be biased against. Because same with little like people like Lil Yachty. Lil Yachty, sometimes I done heard some verses where he actually saying some shit. He goes in. But Kodak is soulful. That's the good thing about him. So I'm yeah. glad he's out. I look forward to hearing more Kodak Black music because every time he drops something, I'll definitely go check that out. And since we brought up P, we got I got the hookup two coming out. Long overdue. Hey P, we need to, we need to get paid for that plug. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you out of everybody know it's about his business. You know what I'm saying? Right. Because you know you know he's doing it independent. He's gonna circumvent Hollywood, take it straight to the theater, which I respect. You know, so yeah, you know, you cut out a uh, little, little check, you know, Factual Opinions podcast. We appreciate it. Hell yeah. So now we're going to get into sports. I'm going to let you go ahead and uh, intro sports topic. Well, it's always a lot going on in sports. So we want to start by saying free Urban Meyer uh, up at the Ohio State University, but uh, transcending from that. Um, I like Urban, free Urban. You know, football season is upon us. You know, we have varying opinions from those who are or aren't paying attention to football this year. But uh, oh, he, he he's throwing shade, everybody, because I said I wasn't fucking with the NFL. Oh, there's a lot of people that aren't, you know, but for different reasons. You know, we got a lot of things going on. The NFL has this new helmet rule that I think is really going to fuck up the game 
and the way it looks, the way it's played, if they don't do something about it. Soft-ass league. You still watch that soft-ass bullshit? What else? Soft-ass league. College. <laughs> so, college well, of soft. course. I'm, I'm hardcore college football fan. College. Yeah. College football is my heart. But it's been a lot to jump off, uh, even at the beginning of the season. We have uh, guys that are being more vocal. Uh, Jalen Ramsey. His faggot ass, but I like him on the football field, though. All-pro cornerback from the Jacksonville Jaguars, former Florida State Seminole. Uh, got beat down for having that mouth and trying to be tough with A.J. Green last year. Leave them quiet assassins alone. That's what A.J. <laughs> Green is. He that quiet nigga in the corner that don't say shit. But when it's time, he going to pop up, pop off on your ass. They the ones you got to watch. But uh, speaking on Jalen Ramsey, and he really is coming into uh, his own. He's one of the best uh, defensive backs in the NFL. He was recently uh, made a feature article in GQ magazine, and they asked him his opinions on some of the top quarterbacks in the league, and he mentioned about 25 different quarterbacks, and it would surprise you who he said is garbage, in his opinion, versus what quarterbacks he gave you know respect that to. That shit ain't surprised me none. Well, you can't start the list off by calling Big Ben and Eli Manning garbage. Eli Manning is garbage. I'm going to start the sports section off with that shit. Eli Manning is garbage. Okay. Two, well, uh, two, two Super Bowl rings. Oh, I like to thank the defense. I like to thank David Tyree. He did make a couple good throws. He's an NFL quarterback. That's expected of him, but garbage. So you really going to call Eli garbage because he had a good defense? No, I'm calling Eli garbage because he's garbage. No, I mean, I've seen garbage quarterbacks win I'm, Super I'm, Bowls. I'm saying, I'm saying he didn't. Trent Dilfer, Jeff Hostella, those are garbage quarterbacks that, that rode yeah. their defenses back. Eli is in the same category. I don't think so. Only thing that separates Eli from those guys are two magnificent throws. Made, just so happens to be made in the Super Bowl, in the clutch time. Okay. Well, as much as we both don't like Big Ben, I think we can honestly say he does not belong in that garbage category. You know why he thinks Big Ben is garbage? Because they beat them twice last year. He went no he (laughs) don't just say he beat them twice. Then he beat them twice. They went to Pittsburgh twice twice. last year. That's just called a team has your number though. That that's called a team has your number. No, that's called oh, I played them I played them twice. Big Ben, he's overrated as shit. He big Big Ben garbage. Please don't you make me defend Big Ben on this podcast. If you, I'm you gonna ha, I'm gonna defend the DB at all costs. So if if Jalen Ramsey want to step up and say a man is garbage, Big Ben, especially Big Ben, I'm okay with it. I haven't liked Big Ben since he left Miami, Ohio, because he went to Pittsburgh. But he could retire today and still Hall of Famer. Period. Yeah, he's a Hall of Famer. Still garbage. Well, and, you know, he didn't stop there, though. Like, his list was so, like, funny. And, like, you know, even Eli said, like, where does this guy get off, you know, who hasn't done anything really himself except one time all pro. Now, he attributed Eli's success to OBJ, um, you know, went down the line. I think he said Stafford was just all right up there in Detroit. Stafford um, was just all right. Even Aaron Rodgers, he said, uh, he's not garbage. I'm like, okay, seriously. At that point, he's throwing shade. <laughs> Mr. State Farm deserves I, a little bit more than Rogers that. I'm not Aaron Rodgers fan I don't have nothing against Aaron Rodgers, but I, I just hate when people compare him to Tom Brady the Great. So that's He's a only. more physically talented quarterback than Tom Brady. No, he's more athletic than Tom Brady. That's about it. He's more accurate than Tom Brady. Get the fuck out of the – what? Are he, you crazy? There are throws that Aaron Rodgers makes that only Aaron Rodgers can make, and you know that. And Tom Brady is throwing to nobodies and <sighs> accurate as shit. He's throwing it right to where they don't have a choice but to catch it. Chad Johnson was the only person that couldn't catch a fucking Tom Brady pass. Chad did get one in the Super Bowl. Shout out, Ocho. He got one, yeah, the little uh, – <laughs> Little 20-yard catch or something. I don't even think it was that. So, but. so yeah, Jalen went 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 down the list, like, just, you know, tearing people up. And I know that's part of his game. He's a talker. You know, he's like Joey Porter and the rest of them. That That's how he, you know, gets into his mode and his zone is by getting under people's skin. 
But, you know, I thought he was a little, you know, overzealous with it. But, you know, for the most part, he backs it up until he runs against AJ. So what's the question? Are you, are you asking? What are you asking? I want to know, is it appropriate for a guy that is simply at this point is a first-time, one-time all-pro cornerback to really be stepping out of his lane and criticizing guys that have really put in work in this league consistently? Okay. I'm going to speak as if I were in the NFL and I had, at this point in my career, done the things that Jalen Ramsey has accomplished. I would be talking hella shit. Do I think it's appropriate? Hell yeah. Because that's going to put a fire under his team. Now we got to go out on the, on the field and back this shit up. Now Blake Bortles has to go out on the field and back this up. Look, the the, the, <laughs> the Jaguars. The, look, I, I I heard I was reading somewhere that uh the Jaguars the defense don't even in the locker room they don't even talk to the offense. They don't give a shit what the offense do. The defenses was like we gonna go out here and run these football games. I love that shit. I'm a defensive guy. I'm a deep defensive back kind of guy. So when I see Jalen Ramsey. In the news, where people don't have the audacity to do to criticize these people like that, and he's man enough to stand in front of all these cameras and say he's weak, he's weak, fuck him. Drew Brees, oh yeah, he gets all the respect, paying respect to you know some of the legends, but saying how mediocre, keeping it real. I mean, you do have to have a certain swag to play defensive back, period, but particularly on that level. So I get it, and you have to have that attitude that you can guard anybody and not make quarterbacks into these mythical, you know, figures. You know, so I, I get that part of it. He's just, bringing that old school shit back. I, I love that. Just, people don't talk enough shit, honestly. Yeah, just don't run up on AJ no more. Hey, he can't <laughs> win that fight. Don't, I definitely don't run up on AJ. <laughs> Choose your battles wiser next time. Steve Smith was about to get in his ass too. Yeah. So as we transition from that, I, it'd be a perfect segue to uh, this happened before week one of the preseason. Kelvin Benjamin, current Buffalo Bills wide receiver, uh, former teammate of Cam Newton in Carolina, came out with some pretty poignant comments. Uh, we know in the NFL, it's a 53-man roster. It's like any other job setting. There's some guys you get along with, some that you don't. Relationships change. Word. You know, but um, I think he took it a step further in in his criticism. I know you don't. Um, basically insinuating that, in my opinion, he was calling Cam a dumb nigga. Uh, you know, basically saying, oh, he's not accurate. Uh, you know, I would be much further along in my career had I not originally gotten drafted by Carolina and I had a quarterback that, you know, thought the game out and everything. You know, everything they say black quarterbacks can't do. Mm-hmm. So that was a little bit of cooning right there. Like, you took it. I don't know if y'all got some personal beef that's not out there, you know, but, you know, you could have said, you know, I don't really rock with Cam. You really don't even have to speak on it. You don't even play for Carolina no more. And you holding this man accountable for your career not being where it needs to be. Was he asked that question? Somebody probably asked him a question. I don't know what the lead up was, you know, to it. But I remember Cam when uh, Kelvin Benjamin got traded last year to Buffalo midseason, actually publicly, like, you know, defending Kelvin Benjamin and being upset that the Panthers got rid of him. So what happened in between then, who knows? But, you know, you can say, you know, criticisms, but I don't think you have to take it to that level. And, and we're not in that locker room. We don't know how much film – Cam studies, but I don't, I don't think, you know, he's out there like Michael Vick just, you know, running around mm-hmm. not, you know, paying attention or watching film, you know. So, my take on that. So, who's who do you think is – so, you, do you think Benjamin is pretty much wrong for – I think so because everybody saw the video. You saw the video. Uh, of them on the field. Doing yeah. His, Cam know. tried to come up and shake his hand. This is after he said all that stuff about it. And Kelvin Benjamin still, you know, kind of waving him off. And, you know, Cam, he following him like, nah, bro, like, what, what, what's the deal, you know? And, you know, he still, you know, got this sly look on his face like he got a well, legit. I, I, I think Cam's intentions, I think this is why Benjamin kind of <laughs> waved him off. His intentions when he walked over there was to get to the shits. Like, he wasn't coming over there to say what's up or he 
He he he came over there with a with an attitude like you know what I mean. He but, just approached it. He knew cameras were on. He approached it in a way that would look good to the public. But that's a man's man though. Like somebody been you know talking about you in the media and Cam like oh yeah. well. He did what he was supposed to. He he, he said, "What's he, up with he it?" Addressed <laughs> him. <laughs> I have no problem with it. I had no problem with it. But it was I, I liked the way I liked his approach. Like you know, approaching like it was all good. But I'm not mad at how Benjamin reacted because you see, at first he kind of waved him off and tried to walk away. Like man, I ain't got no words for you. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I ain't mad at that either. Like because you know, like he knows, there's cameras watching. Really, if you say anything to me, I, I really want to bang with you. I really want to tee off on you, but I can't do that. So, which made Cam say, "Hold on, you, you ain't gonna play me and walk away like yeah, that." So yeah, I'm gonna follow on. you. Yeah, he followed him. <laughs> it, but, but it was you, it was entertaining to watch. It kind of reminded me back in the day when everybody got on To and uh, Donovan McNabb said what he did was black on black crime. When a but a reporter actually did ask To. He actually said, hey, uh, if Brett Favre was the quarterback of the Eagles right now, would you guys be undefeated? And T.O. took the bait and said, yeah, I'd say that's a fair assessment. And it's like, I mean, there's a difference between airing your grievances, you know, with a teammate and, and you know. But they know, were on the same team at the time, though, right? No, they were both in Philly at the time. So that's that's different compared to Kelman and, and uh, Kelvin aren't on the same team anymore, so it really don't matter, like. Fuck that nigga at the end of the day. Right. So why bring it up is 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 my point unless you really have a legitimate problem, you know, with this dude. You know, you have AJ McCarron, you have first round pick, uh, was it AJ McCarron? What? Yeah, uh whoever else they have a quarterback. Didn't they get the guy from Wyoming? I can't remember. Benjamin's in Buffalo? Yeah. Oh, they got the dude Josh Allen, I think. Yeah, Josh is. Allen. AJ McCarron heard us. Collar Broke bone. his collarbone this past weekend. So, what's that, putting him out for the season? Mm, not not the season, but probably Most first 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 so quarter of the season at least. Start that rookie. More than likely. Hold on, what team is the Bills? Damn, they should have kept Tyrod. Hold on, who was Tyrod with last year, though? Was he with Buffalo? He was with Buffalo. They should have kept because Cleveland really don't need him right now. They got Baker Mayfield out Baker there. Baker out there looking all right. I've seen a couple highlights. Baker has intangibles. Everybody was scared off by that size because he was only six foot. But people like Drew Brees and and, uh, my man Russell Wilson have disproven that, you know, over the years. I want to – I actually, man, Cleveland been asked so long. I want to see them win. Like, I wouldn't be mad if they – don't don't beat the Bengals, but – Yeah, twice a year, just – Folding them games. <laughs> yeah, folding those games against us, but beat everybody else. I wouldn't be mad because they got they actually have a nice team. They actually have a team, I feel like I said this last year too, to where they should be successful. But we're gonna see I what feel like, Jackson do. I feel like that now. The first two years he was there, I didn't feel like that. I felt like those teams were garbage. I do feel like they got enough talent and us draft picks to do something, but I would love for this division to be like it was in the 80s when it was the Browns and Bengals, because I'm sure enough tired of hearing about Baltimore and, and Pittsburgh every year. Word. Especially Pittsburgh. Yeah, I no. can't stand. But you know what's crazy about Pittsburgh? I really, I went to, um, I went up to Pittsburgh a few years ago for a Bengals game, and I, I was there over the whole weekend, and it was a night game. It was a Sunday night game. Those fans showed me some of the best hospitality I've ever had in a, in another city. Really? Away from home. I wore my Bengals gear all weekend. And when I say, except game day inside the stadium. The, okay, I was about to say, I know Pittsburgh ain't and, that soft. On the inside the stadium, it's, it's a little... It's that's that's holy grail to them at Heinz Field. But in the all the surrounding bars and just, you know, out I remember stepping into a bar and I had my Bengals shit on. The first dude for dude, I, I'm not even in there for ten seconds, I kid you not. And the first thing dudes you wore that piece of shit up in this bar. <laughs> what are you drinking? <laughs> I'm like, man, go on, man. I'm, I'm like, he was just talking shit, but nah, he wasn't. What, what you drinking, man? Since you brave enough to wear that in here, 
I'm gonna buy you a drink. And he so he bought rounds for me and the people I was with. I'm like, hey, I ended up meeting one of the old mayors of Pittsburgh in a bar there. He was buying drinks. I met the judge. It, it, this was weird. Like that, I met all these people. I met the uh, cause they hang out. It's the, one thing that's also cool about there, the bars that are downtown. Yeah, they um, a lot of the times they'll have Pittsburgh still old vintage players in there serving drinks for everybody, bartending. Yeah, so, I heard that. Yeah, yeah, you get to you know mix and mingle with a little bit of everybody. But I also met the judge that. I think Bell and Blunt went up went up before when they got caught like smoking weed a few years ago. Was that him and Santonio? I feel like it was Blunt and somebody else. I think that was him and Santonio, wasn't it? Santonio wasn't you sure it wasn't Bell? No, I know uh Le'Veon, no. Well, they've had a it few two, players. It was two of them in the same year. They Garrett like, Blunt and Le'Veon Bell. Yeah. I that's think it was that Bell. was that time, yeah. So yeah, I, I met I met the judge that was on that <laughs> case, but when I when we got in the stadium, like I I was in the bathroom with all Pittsburgh people. I'm I I didn't already piss. I'm uh washing my hands and shit. And before I walk out, I'm like, "Who they? Get the fuck out of here! Uh, uh, kick her out. <laughs> they start yelling at me and shit. I'm just getting weak, like." And See. then I realized I bumped into somebody, like, walking back to my seat, and it was like, it was a stare down. Like, damn, it's about to go down. My dude grabbed me and just, was like, come on, like, yeah, we got to go. I'm like, oh, all right. See, that's the Pittsburgh I know, you know, because I know they don't like us, despite whatever hospitality you got. But that's that's the pain of being a Bengals fan, for real, because I feel like, to a certain extent, we're not competition to them in the grand scheme of the rivalry. They look at us like little brothers. Yeah. And they'll tell you, they, they, they'll tell you, we look at Cincinnati like our little brothers, Baltimore is our rival, and Cleveland, we just hate the motherfuckers, because, you know, they was like, Cleveland, Cleveland fans come here, they're, they're the only people that we don't get along with. They, they say, we get along with Bengals fans, it's fine, we get along with Baltimore fans, you know, sometimes it get crazy, but it's like, when Pittsburgh people come here, we throw eggs at their cars, like... <laughs> They they just horrible people, and I've experienced that here at home with Cleveland people, Cleveland fans. Yeah, man, that's like when when people from Cleveland always expect you know you to root you know for them, knowing they could give a damn about Southwest Ohio and our sports or anything. So that's what I tell people like, oh, I don't loyalty to Cleveland Cavaliers or, or none of that. Like you know, I'm from Cincinnati, so that's you know where my support is. But that, that's funny you shared that. Pittsburgh fans, how they act around us. Yeah. So what else we got on the docket? Well, you know, sports-wise, there's been a lot of scandals going on, uh, particularly in college. It looks like things in the NBA, I don't know if you've been watching, are going back towards guys eventually being able to declare for the draft at 18. Mm-hmm. Which I always felt like it should have stayed. That way, I don't know how you feel about that. LeVar Ball allegedly been cheating people out the uh, <laughs> junior basketball league money. Like, Big baller brands. That's, that's the first LeVar Ball reference we had on this podcast. <laughs> it won't be the last. I promise more anyway. Yeah. Big baller brand. Yeah, man, he out here on this Suge Knight P. Diddy shit. So so how do you feel? Because since he, he came up, how do you feel about LeVar in general, man? As a parent, as a promoter, like, what's your feelings on on Levar? Um, I think he a little over the top, but his, you know, what he's doing it for, I I appreciate it because he a, a black father who's not trying to let all of these corporations take advantage or make all of his money off his off his children and off his name. You know, he wants to make all the all the money off his off his kids, and I I agree with that. You know, if you can make some money, be your own boss, then why not? So, right. I I do think he over the top sometimes, and it showed. Even if you watched the the first Laker game last year when they played the Houston Rockets, you know, Patrick Beverly made it bad for for Lonzo. You know, he was roughing him up, you know, to say the least. 
So I mean, I, I think part you know it can hurt, and it's it's hurting the team with some of the things he said during like the NBA season about the coaches judging the coaches. Not like that hurts the team. That part is over the top. Him as a father, he a little over the top. But him as like a father business wise, I think. Yeah, I'm I'm with the whole big baller brand, and like he said, why is everybody else allowed to benefit from my kids? Chino Hills High School, UCLA, the NBA, except his own family. So I get that part, but I'm I'm definitely agreeing also on the uh, being over the top and criticizing Luke Walton and and all that. I really wish he would fall back on that, and he could beat Jordan and and Levar. Well, um, to hear him say <laughs> shit like that that we know is not true, that should just be funny to me. <laughs> Or or Alonzo is better than Steph Curry. Yeah, that should just be funny. He know what he's doing. I'll just start laughing when he get to but do that's that. But pr- that's promotion. That's marketing. It's free marketing. You're getting people to talk about you because they know what you're saying is completely fucking stupid. You're generating a buzz. But he knows how to get people to uproar. So, yeah. That's yeah. great marketing. So, I ain't mad at anyone. No, I, I, I just hope he becomes and stays successful so now the NCAA getting back to what we were talking about has kind of changed their rules in college basketball um, know if you saw now some of the uh, prospects are going to be allowed keep their amateur status but to hire agents have representation um, guys are allowed to declare for the draft and if they don't get drafted or don't even like where they were drafted I heard uh, come back to I school. like that rule you know, I, I like that, too, because some guys, you know, they might make a mistake or they might get out there to draft combine and it might not generate the buzz they thought and they should be allowed to come back to school because the guys that want to be at school will come back. I want to know why they were holding them, start stopping them from coming back. Like, just because you enter a draft and you don't get drafted, why why not let somebody – that could help your program. You taking money out your pockets. Like, especially if it's one of the top players for that team, he just wasn't probably NBA ready. Yeah. You know, he might put more fans in the seats. I mean, and I've always felt that way. I just, you know, they got caught up in that whole amateur status. You know, once you declare as a professor or once you hire an agent, like, that's that's it. And I'm like. Um, them, that's just, if you want me to be honest, that's just white people trying to figure out a way to keep black people from being successful. Just, at, at what they're skilled at. Yeah. I, I mean, when, that's just how I look at it. <laughs> you know, there's there's a there's a. There's a method to they're not this stupid. There's a method to the to the madness. Right. People are just now starting to call them out on that bullshit. So it's like, why why are we regu why are the regulations this? For what? Why are we stopping these people from going back to school if they don't get drafted? So you know what the next phase is then and naturally where this conversation is going. Do we start paying college athletes? Absolutely. You know how much money the NCAA and these colleges are making off these teams. Hell yeah, they should get paid. Should they be get paid millions like the NBA? Hell no, because then there's no incentive on going to the NBA. But right, they should be getting. They should definitely. It shouldn't be. I, you shouldn't have basketball players, Division One basketball players, who can't buy food on a daily basis. They 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 shouldn't be eating ramen noodles every fucking day. Or worrying about how they're gonna get gas or go on a date. So if if that happens though, and they update these rules and they change that, then so that means first and foremost, the Fab Five's banners need to get rehung at Chrysler Arena. There, that's that's where I'm going with it, because if all this stuff becomes legal now, and the NCAA is admitting that this system is outdated, then you need to vindicate all them. You need to let Rick Pitino's uh, championship a few years ago. Hang in the in the in the rafters down there, Freedom Hall again. Like we we need to lift some of this stuff, you know that that bullshit tattoo scandal that cost Coach Tressel his his job up there at at O State. You know we need to start that rectifying that. Look, we this is this ain't no mystery. This shit been stupid for a long time, and we've been addressing it. But shit, it's just now starting to happen. So shit's gonna get better. It's an evolution, like like most things, but. And I also wanted to get back because I forgot a point that I am going to reverse back a little bit, you know, on the whole Cam Newton, Kelvin Benjamin thing because I am trying to go in on Kelvin Benjamin a little bit. Uh, Cam's best season, uh, completion percentage-wise and just in general, 
was his 2015 season where he was voted NFL MVP. And Kelvin Benjamin didn't play a down that year because he tore his ACL training camp. Um, also, the NFL Network's top 100 list, you know, where the their peers vote on who they think is the best player in the NFL, which I think holds a little bit more weight. Because, see, we can talk about this, media can talk about it. When your peers vote you as the number one player on that list, what the hell is Kelvin Benjamin talking about? Really? That's just, that's that man's opinion. <laughs> that's all I, I ain't really I ain't got nothing. I, I'm just saying I I think that's why Kelvin Benjamin is. I will Kelvin say Kelvin Benjamin. See, I, and I'm this is to take nothing away from Kelvin, but they had a incredible defense that year too, as well. That that defense really carried that team, but Kelvin had a monster year too because he was his well, he made ten Ted Ginn, he brought Ted Ginn back to life. So well, that's still not hard to do though. Teddy is still Teddy. I mean, I mean he's he's still pick him up hell, and put him down. He fast as hell, but outside of that, no, he drops too many passes. Put it like this: another thing we talking about, Cam. Name me one elite wide receiver that he's ever really played with. By the time Steve Smith, Benjamin, you know, before he got hurt, was on. He was doing damn good. He was not an elite wide receiver. He was on his way. When he got there, Steve Smith was was already old man past his Steve prime. Steve Smith, oh, come on, he had a few good years with Steve Smith. Man. He was still elite. Don't don't play he, my he dude. He wasn't the Steve Smith. Don't play my dude, Steve, Steve Smith. Steve Smith is still a Hall of Famer. Steve I'm Smith not playing. Steve was breaking in Baltimore still. Are you are you serious? Now he I'm had a good game when they played Carolina, but I knew that was gonna I'm happen. I'm pissed off. Steve Smith ain't still playing. Well, he's the greatest five nine wide receiver ever. Period. <laughs> I mean, I have to research five nine wide receivers, but you know, I that's that's not far fetched. That's that's one of my favorite players. So, is Steve Smith a Hall of Famer in your mind? Absolutely. Even before Ocho, I would. Mm, mm, I probably would pitch Steve Smith in there over Ocho. Absolutely. There was a time where when people used to ask me who was the best wide receiver in the NFL. I would never separate these guys that I'm about to say because I would always say all of them at the same time. I would say, okay, the best wide receiver in the NFL is Terrell Owens, Randy Moss, Chad Johnson, Marvin Harrison, Steve Smith. I would always put them and Chad Johnson, you know, all in that same group. I I think everybody in that group belongs in that group but Chad Johnson. Because? Because those guys are great, and he was just really good. <laughs> I think all of those people that you said will get into the Hall of Fame. I don't think Chad Johnson is going to the Hall of Fame. Wow. The man that broke Jerry Rice's record for four consecutive years. Leading his conference in receiving yards. Listen, I don't think Chad's a Hall of Famer. Marvin Harrison for sure. Brandy Moss for sure. Terrell Owens, those two people I've already got in it. You start talking about Marvin Harrison, and we have to mention who he played with. He played with the sheriff. No, Marvin man. Harrison is a Hall of Famer, but but he is, but. Who made Marvin Chad Harrison? Johnson had maybe two or three Who good, consistent years. Two. Like two or three good, consistent years? Do you know how many receiving yards he had? Man, he broke See, the to, Bengals records. To even get in the conversation of Hall of Famer as a wide receiver, you have to have over 10,000 yards. That's just to get in the discussion. And even in today's time where it's all spread out, not too many people finish with over 10,000 yards receiving. See, you coming at me with stats and shit right now. Like, we can have this discussion in an, another day where I can go <laughs> to the laboratory and I can come, I can, I so can come, come tell you exactly why Chad Johnson doesn't belong so in the Hall of Fame. See, you come prepared. See, this is all upstairs already. I mean, I've never <laughs> been a person that could pull stats out the ass. I mean, certain shit, yeah, I know LeBron got three rings. <laughs> but certain <laughs> shit, who got 10,000 yards? I don't, I don't know that shit. And, and, you know, that's the funny part since we brought – the king up. We was at the barber shop uh, on Saturday. You know, my barber, he still thinks that I'm going to worship at the altar of the king 
one day and I tried to tell him, I said, well, first of all, I'm, I'm, I'm a Kobe dude to the core. It's always going to be that way. But that, that, that mural out there in LA where LeBron is down at the bottom and he's looking up that's gone at, at the rest of them. There's a reason why. Cause when you start at LA, what you did elsewhere don't matter. You got to earn your stripes out there. So, and I'm not saying that he won't, man. I don't put nothing past LeBron James on that court, but I'm not handing it to him yet. You got three. You three behind Michael and you two behind Kobe. Let me see some. Exactly. But LeVar said, it's the Alonzo team. Big oh, ball man. of bread. <laughs> Big ball of bread. So, yeah, man, that's, uh, that's where we at right now with sports, man, unless you had uh, anything else to, to add. It's been fun, man. It was a good show. <laughs> I can't wait to get to this Chad Johnson debate now because mm, I got some shit. Chad Johnson debate also, as promised, uh, next episode, I think we should hop back in with our official top ten diss tracks of all time. We can go back to that. Yeah. Let's do top five, man. Make it hard. Top ten too easy. Top five? Top five. Don't matter. Hit him up and still number one. With, a, with one honorable mention. <laughs> one honorable? Okay. that honorable. Throw a wrench in there. We'll do that. Hell yeah. But we'll highlight y'all sooner rather than later. It's been real, people. <laughs>